Hey everyone, and welcome to an impromptu and slightly unplanned episode three. I'm Hayley Walsh, your host, author of Lighthearted Fiction, and of course I'm coming to you from the lovely city of Sydney, Australia. Now, unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, my unplanned chat with romance authors Elsie MacArthur and Elizabeth Holland got cancelled. I am, however, hoping to catch up with these two lovely ladies in the very near future. It's because my recording schedule can be tight with little room to move if what I do have planned gets cancelled. It's because I get limited time alone in the house without my other half or his kids being there. So what times I do have available are quite often already booked in advance with upcoming guests. Now, I didn't want to be left with a four-week gap between episodes, so I thought to myself, I'll record a short little episode for the readers out there. If, like me, you love to read, then let me help you find your next good book. I have read nine books so far this year. Now, for an author working on two new books of her own, with a full-time day job as a nurse, two stepkids to wrangle, a shift working partner, and of course, this new podcast, which launched only a few weeks ago, it's a pretty good effort if you ask me. Anyway, so I would like to share with you my top five reads so far this year, in no particular order. Now, book number one is called A Hogmanay Kiss by Scottish author Elsie MacArthur, who I was only talking about. Now, the lovely Elsie can be found at Twitter at Elsie MacArthur. That's at Elsie with a capital E, E-L-S-I-E, MacArthur with a capital M, C-A-R-T-H-U-R. Now, I'm a big fan of this author's work and I have read all the books she has published to date. A Hogmanay Kiss is a follow-up or a sequel to The Backup Plan, but it could be read as a standalone. Elsie is a very talented author when it comes to writing romance. The Backup Plan by Elsie MacArthur was one of my favourite reads of last year. So when I heard there was a sequel coming, I eagerly awaited its release. It was great to catch up with the principal characters all over again. Now, Elsie, if you are listening, I do apologise if I pronounce the main character's name incorrectly, but I will give it a red hot crack. So we catch up with lovebirds Will and Marcelli a year and a half down the track. Marcelli has given up on her pursuit of stardom and has settled into her new life as a school teacher. While saving for a home of their own, they find themselves living with Marcelli's parents, providing challenges within their relationship, more specifically, finding much needed alone time. They are hoping their upcoming trip over the holiday season will bring them that alone time they have desperately been longing for. Some quality time together is just what they need. They head off to Edinburgh for Marcelli's brother's wedding. Now, you know what they say about the best laid plans, right? Some wedding drama, along with a man-eating fellow bridesmaid that flirts with Will every chance she gets, causes Marcelli to doubt his love for her as her own securities research, insecurity sorry, resurface. Is their relationship under threat? Or are her insecurities simply playing tricks on her? Elsie has a way of writing stories readers can relate to on a deep emotional level. She has a real knack for writing about people and the human experience. Now, what woman hasn't felt insecure or threatened by a beautiful woman flirting with her man? Once again, we are transported to Scotland with breathtaking descriptions of the sights and smells of where the scene is set. As the reader, you feel as if you are there with the characters, experiencing it all alongside them. Now, with my own Scottish heritage, it is a place I long to visit again as an adult. And until we can all travel again, Elsie most certainly takes me there. This book is a feel-good story that will leave you with a smile on your face. I highly recommend this book and also, also recommend reading The Backup Plan before a Hogmanay kiss. I give it five stars.
Book number two is Discerning Grace by Australia author Emma Lombard. Emma can be found at Twitter at Lombard Emma. That's at Lombard with a capital L, L-O-M-B-R-A-D, and of course, Emma with a capital E. Now, historical fiction is not usually a genre I, I tend to pick up and read, but I'm so glad I did. Discerning Grace by Emma Lombard has it all. Family drama, betrayal, adventure, camaraderie, suspense, and love. What more could you want in a good read? The book is the first in the White Sales series, so you have been warned, my friend. If you read this book, you will be waiting eagerly for books two and three. The author takes us back to London in the 1800s, where we meet our protagonist. Young Grace Baxter is full of spunk and decides to flee from her lot in life after discovering her family has promised the disgusting, slobbering Lord Silverton her hand in marriage. She flees disguised as a lad and subsequently finds herself being lured aboard the HMS Discerning by a charismatic recruiter named Gilly. It's the perfect disguise and she agrees as she has nothing to lose. She already has Gilly fooled, so why not? Once aboard, she meets handsome Lieutenant Seamus Fitzwilliam, who is second in command. Grace is headstrong and more than capable of keeping up with her fellow young men on the ship. Only problem is, her identity and gender are revealed when she is punished, pants down, waiting to be flogged in front of her fellow seamen. Seamus quickly vows to protect Grace from harm, but is she the only one who needs protecting? For lovers of adventure, romance, intrigue and period drama, this book is for you. Emma has created engaging characters, unsuspecting twists and turns, romance and heart-stopping adventure on the high seas. If you're a fan of historical fiction, I highly recommend this well-written and entertaining book that will have you turning the pages. I am really happy it's the first of a series as I definitely want more. You can most certainly see the author has done her research. Every single detail in this wonderfully crafted story effectively transports the reader into a 19th century rollicking adventure. I promise you this book will not disappoint. And of course, once again, I give it five stars. Book number three is The Lost Love Song by Australian author Minnie Dark. That is spelt M-I-N-N-I-E and dark, D-A-R-K-E, and she can be found at minidark.com. This is the first book I have read by this author, and I will most definitely be checking out her other book titled Starcrossed. This book takes you on an emotional journey around the world. It starts in Singapore, moving through Edinburgh, London, New York, and finally ending back in Australia. We meet Australian Ari and his girlfriend Diana, a beautiful and extremely talented world-renowned pianist. Before she jets off on her in latest international tour, Ari tells her he wants a decision on her return as to whether or not she will finally agree to marry him. On this tour, Diana decides she will marry him and pens the most hauntingly beautiful love song for Ari. During her travels, Diana finishes composing the song at her hotel and has no idea a stranger heard it, instantly falling in love with the melody. A distracted Diana forgets her manuscript containing the song's composition and leaves it on the hotel piano. The onlooker picks it up with the intention of returning it to her. However, an unforeseen tragedy occurs, casting doubt on Ari ever getting to hear Diana's love song. Late one night, her song is heard and starts its journey around the world. In Scotland, we meet Evie, an aspiring poet who is drifting through her life, sorry, is drifting through life, pulling beers in pubs and frothing milk for customers' cappuccinos. Evie left Australia for an adventure, but now feels it's time to go back home and get a life together, where her path will ultimately cross with a broken-hearted Ari. 
I won't say anything more about the plot as I don't want to give away any spoilers. The story is well written, the characters are very likeable, the pacing is well balanced, and I can guarantee you will shed a tear or two. Both tears of sadness and joy while reading this lovely book. The book's central theme, theme is love and its many forms. The main characters are intertwined together in a story of love, loss, music, dreams and second chances. I very much look forward to reading more books by this author and of course once again I give it five stars. Book number four is titled The Project by American author Stacey Potter. She can be found at Twitter or lowercase at author underscore Potter. Now, look, working as an aged care clinical nurse consultant in my day job, this wonderfully written book struck an emotional chord with me. It, it made me laugh and cry. So in this story, we meet Sabella, a sophomore in college. She has a longtime boyfriend, but their relationship is not without its problems. And she feels he has become more distant. She is given a project by one of her professors where she has to spend so many hours in a volunteering role and keep a journey, a journal, sorry, of her experience. There are many options to choose from and Sabella scrambles to find an option available that is not the local nursing home. Working with older people is one of her worst fears as she remembers her own grandmother being a miserable, cranky and bitter old woman with the world's biggest chip on her shoulders. Unfortunately for her, all the other options are full and Sabella must sign up to the volunteer, sorry, to volunteer at the Adopt-A-Grandparent program at the nursing home. It's here that we meet May, the older lady she has partnered up with during the program. She also quickly befriends Ted, who works at the nursing home. Sabella is pleasantly surprised to find out 83-year-old May is nothing like her grandmother. She is full of spunk and is a free spirit. She never married or had any children, but as their friendship grows, Sabella finds out May has a long-lost love that got away. Sabella sets out to try and find him so she can reconnect the two old lovers once again. Now, not only does she find out what happened to May's long-lost love, she unexpectedly discovers some family secrets that involve a connection to May. Before she met May, Sabella was struggling with many aspects of her own life and their unexpected friendship helps Sabella work through what she wants in life and what's important. She also finds out why her grandmother was so bitter for most of her life. I won't say anything more about the plot as I don't want to give too much away. But this is a thought-provoking book which tells a tale of love, betrayal, unexpected friendships and self-discovery. The story is fast-paced and engaging. In my job as an aged care nurse, I love hearing the stories of older people and many of their stories have influenced my own work as an author. I'm really looking forward to reading more books from this author. I highly recommend this book to anyone who likes to immerse themselves in a heartwarming read. I give it five stars. And Lucky Last is a book titled Comrades, Comrades, Concubines and Lovers by Graham Hunter. Wow, what a read. Graham lets the reader into his psyche, heart and soul with his open and honest account of his years working as a young, naive travelling salesman from the 1980s to the year 2000. The author talks about his eye-opening and often jaw-dropping experiences overseas, the good, the bad and the ugly. The story has everything, wonder, fear, sex, love, and lots of laughs. He draws the reader in with his descriptions of the sights and smells. You can feel the fear he felt while traveling behind the Iron Curtain, and you share in his angst when he falls in love with a lovely lady and they face challenge after challenge trying to be together. This book truly reads like a Hollywood blockbuster. 
I won't say anything further as I don't want to spoil it for the reader, but I will say do yourself a favour and grab a copy. You won't be disappointed. I was actually lucky enough to interview Graham in episode two of the podcast. So if you haven't tuned into the episode, go back and have a listen as it was a really interesting chat. And of course, I give the book five stars. Okay, so for a bit of fun, I thought I would finish off with a reading from my published book titled Making March. Uh, the excerpt is a little bit cheeky, um, so hopefully it gives you a good giggle. It is titled Slap and Tickle. 7th of February 2017, 9am. I am so glad that I am rostered off work until after the wedding, as this morning my mouth feels something like the bottom of a birdcage and my head feels like it might very well explode. You see, last night was Heather's kitchen tea, and I am pleased to report that it was not at all what I expected. I actually had fun. It seems Tracy is full of surprises, as we were all treated to a sex toy party following the traditional exchange of toasters, mugs and muffin trays. There was plenty of talk about muffins for the rest of the evening, if you know what I mean. Huh, maybe Tracy is not so bad after all. I guess only time will tell. I have always thought of myself as pretty worldly when it comes to sex and experience, but last night was certainly an eye-opener, with my mind often landing on where the hell does that thing go, and what end goes where. There were cupcakes with nipples and sprinkles, and bread rolls shaped like, shaped like rounded buttocks. It really was a great laugh, and everyone had a good time. Tracy also invited the boys along, which was painfully awkward, as Matt knew exactly which ticking, tickling tantalisers I was familiar with. Oh, the shame of it all. Andrew sat next to me all night, and I'm pretty sure he was attempting to flirt with me. I was surprised to feel a flutter all over, along with very sweaty palms, but that could have just been due to the vibrating purple phallic symbol I was holding in my hand, switched on to full speed mode. The party, was the party host was interesting to say the least. She was, shall we say, a little rough around the edges. If you were hosting a party where you were selling sex toys, you think you would make an effort with your appearance. She also had the most bogan name on the planet, Sharon. That's right, Shazza, the sex toy spruker. She could have at least run a brush through her hair and washed her clothes. Her fingernails were filthy. She looked very unhygienic and we were all rather concerned about handling the merchandise on display as we feared they may have been from her personal collection. Sharon had us play a couple of games to begin with. The first game started with us having to stand up. She would then call out a sex act, starting with mild ones and becoming kinkier as she went along. We then had to sit down when one was called out that we had not experienced. I was not at all surprised when Rachel was the last to sit, winning a sex toy party of her own, which I'm pretty sure I won't be getting an invite to. I must say I was a little bit shocked that Matt sat down after me because it was not me he did those things with. I am both a little bit jealous and hurt, that downright dirty little tart. Heather, on the other hand, is full of surprises and beat me by three sex acts. Who knew? I'm glad I sat some sat down somewhere in the middle. If you were either first or last to sit down, you would be hard pressed not being judged every which way but Sunday by the others in the room. If you sat down first, you would be labelled a prude. If you sat down last, you would be labelled Sydney's biggest slut. The next game involved us having to partner up with a member of the opposite sex, put on a big black blindfold and blind test flavoured lubricants that produce a fizzing sensation when they come into direct contact with your skin. I was doing just fine until I missed Andrew's mouth completely, squirting cherry flavoured goo right up his left nostril. He spent the rest of the evening feeling like he had a half sucked fruit tingle lodged up there. We both laughed for hours. 
There were lots of little contraptions with specific stimulators for our female love buttons. Now that is something I must invest in because let's be real ladies, it's all very well to have a clitoris, but how many men can successfully find it in a hurry? Even if they can find it, they need prompting to start looking. Once they get there, it's all too hard and we are left like Oliver Twist asking for more. The most interesting device was one that was designed to stimulate oral sex and had a rotating wheel of pink lapping flubber wraps. Flaps, sorry. Quite frankly, it scared the hell out of me and I would rather go without. Okay, just call me Pinocchio because that is clearly a big fat lie. They had a cushioned portable seat with built-in magic wand vibrator, perfectly positioned at the front once you had straddled it. I thought to myself, I need one of these for the car. It would certainly make my boring hour-long commute to work each day a hell of a lot more enjoyable. Andrew bought a soft, brightly coloured rubber tube designed to, shall we say, caress the male appendage. Sure, it might be fun and very effective, but it would be a real bitch to clean. I guess Mrs Palmer and her five daughters need a well-earned break every now and then. The sex swings were hysterical and it was hilarious watching everyone trying to get into them for a bit of fun. I would not even dare to attempt this manoeuvre as you clearly need to be a highly skilled trapeze artist to pull it off with any grace whatsoever. I worried about it not being able to hold my weight for a start. I can just picture, picture me and the lucky guy ending up sprawled on the floor like we had just taken part in a kinky game of Twister. We would resemble two naked slugs attempting to perform some bizarre mating ritual whilst being caught up in a sticky spider's web. One toy I found rather interesting was a little vibrator shaped like a lipstick case designed to be discreet and carried around in your handbag in case the mood strikes you. Now that is all very good and well, apart from one little problem. This little contraption's buzz was extremely loud. If you would decide to have a if you were to decide to have a sneaky fiddle with yourself, be it at work or at the local shops, your friends and colleagues would come running to your rescue as it would sound like you were being attacked by a swarm of angry bees. One poor soul tried out some lotion designed to make your lady pearl more sensitive. We all discovered this stuff burns. Luckily, there were plenty of cold drinks on ice in the esky as she spent the rest of the afternoon with a stubby of VB firmly wedged between her thighs. Attending a sex toy party in the privacy of someone's home is much better than venturing into a sex shop in a dark alley. Sex is a natural thing and we all do it. Why is it then when you walk into one, there is always a creepy looking guy lurking behind the counter who looks like a 70s porn star and it then, then, then it makes you feel like a dirty, perverted individual. You usually end up quickly slinking out of the shop wearing dark sunglasses, being very careful to avoid eye contact with anyone on the way out. Ordering your goods online can be even more embarrassing, however, as you either have to bravely face the delivery guy or visit your local post office to pick up your item, hoping the label on the box is discreet and doesn't shout, oh, look, everyone, she bought a set of pink fluffy handcuffs. If you are not careful, sex and its toys can land you in a bit of trouble. Heather and I attended a pole dancing class once thinking it would be a laugh. It turns out it was not very funny at all as I lost my grip while disgracefully hanging upside down and came crashing down, leading to a trip to the nearest emergency department with a mammoth case of concussion. It really gave a new meaning to the phrase wham bam, thank you ma'am. I of course drank way too much and I had come to the kitchen tea with Heather who was staying the night at Tracy's. Andrew kindly offered to drive me home. He told me he had two tickets to see the Lion King and asked if I would like to join him as his friend can no longer go. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think he is a huge geek. However, he is now a huge geek with taste. I never knew he was a fan of musical theatre and we chatted about our favourite productions all the way home. I have always wanted a theatre husband and now I may have just found one. 
I have just had a good hard look at what I bought last night and it has become abundantly clear that I should not be allowed anywhere near a credit card with a glass of plonk in my hand. One hot pink vibrator with rabbit ears, one tube of banana flavoured lubricant for her pleasure, two pairs of crotchless edible undies and one rather large chocolate phallic symbol. I will just go and put them all away in the bedside drawer. No, on second thoughts, the chocolate penis can stay right here as it will go very nicely with my morning coffee. Elixir of the gods, heaven knows I need it. I hope that gave you a bit of a giggle. Um, thank you so much for listening. So if you are stuck on what to read next, definitely check out one of the five titles um, I mentioned as none of them will disappoint. Uh, I promise you that. And remember guys, when we write, we can't go wrong. And until next time, bye for now.